Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What's up? Everybody, I am Alex, and I am joined once again by my fearless co-host, Anthony. Hello. And we are knocking out another episode of A Matter of Truth. So this is now the third one we've recorded, and um, as is the tradition, we uh, do basically just a simple Q&A. We tackle topics. Um, we've done a couple drive-by episodes by now, and uh, people love that. Um, there's been a couple that have been some pretty big hits where we just, you know, get a quick topic, we drop 20 minutes, and then uh, we move on with life. So, yeah. so normally, yeah, oh, they're great. And um, but but normally we we get people to send in voice questions, and we get people to, um, you know, uh, just. DM us and, and randomly ask us, you know, whatever they're dealing with, if you would. Um, but this time we got uh, a little bit uh, different of a twist. We actually have somebody with us. I can't say live because we're not technically all in the same studio. But as we record this, he's actually in our recording software on a call all the way from China. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Yeah, hi. Uh, my name is David Sanchez. I'm uh, a Christian living in Southern California. So, um, hi. <laughs> so he's not really from China. <laughs> no, he's in, no, the accent gave it away. Yeah, you're in good weather, he Southern California. Oh, I don't know if I'd take Southern California. Well, it's probably not as humid. It's like 95 here and like 600% humidity right now. You go Southern outside. California is great. Yeah. You go outside and you're like instant sweating in Illinois. I feel like, yeah. like I live in a swamp. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Maryland's the same way. Maryland in humidity. What part of Cal- uh, Southern California, Dave? Uh, South Orange County. So um, you might know it by maybe Laguna Beach. Oh, um, yeah, I'm yeah. actually by um, where Costi Hens old church was. Oh, really? Think about where that's at. Uh, so Irvine, that area. Okay. I love California. It's great. Lived there my whole life. Have you? Uh, yeah. I was out there for about a year or so. Nice. Which part? Uh, I lived in Glendale and then I moved down to Hollywood. Hollywood ah, was okay. no good for me. Yeah. Hollywood no. wasn't good. I wasn't a Christian at that point in my life. So um, it was no bueno. I have been in Illinois for far too long. I'll just admit that. You got to pick a coast water. <laughs> well, my wife wants to go to the Carolinas, but um, my preaching prospects are in Illinois in between cornfields. So it doesn't quite work out for us. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, honey, you kind of get a beach. I mean, it's sand, but it's really dirt. <laughs> and you got cornfield. a lake, right? Yeah. Yeah. The I lakes. mean, there's, there's actually um, the one we're looking at. Uh, I'll actually be preaching there as we record this episode this Sunday and uh, there's just South, there's a um, like a whole forest preserve type park, like state park type thing. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, a river runs through it and there's uh, some really neat, like 
walking trails. I mean, it's a beautiful place and it's huge. It's hundreds of acres huge. So yeah, it's a good place to he- head out every once in a while. So enough about uh, our miserable living conditions, except for Southern Cali. Hey, it, dr- uh, it drizzled here today, so oh. did, it, did it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we lost yeah, well, your winter is is rain, right? There's a little bit of rain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember when I lived out there, there was a season of, well, I guess it was, and uh, it was the end of December into January. It was just it would rain like crazy. Is what I remembered, but um, I don't know. The beaches, I, I I think the beaches on the east coast, obviously they're they're a little bit warmer to swim in the ocean than uh, out west, from what I remember. I think I've only been to Cali twice, and I haven't been to any of the beaches, so I can't really be a judge on that. So let's introduce our topic at hand. So, like I said, in you know, as we introduce the show itself, we bring. You know, we'll get people to submit voice questions and then Anthony and I just kind of, you know, work through them and talk about them and how they impact uh, the simplicity and, uh, you know, for the lay person and from, you know, the pastoral aspect, how do we encounter issues from a biblical standpoint? And so we've had a lot of great responses, um, but this one's a little bit unique. It's not necessarily just a question that David wanted to bring to us, but it's an experience that he had that he wants to share and talk about. And then we are going to kind of ask him a few questions and try to uh, really unpack this a little bit more. So uh, David, do you want to kind of give us a little bit of a preview of what uh, that particular thing is? Yeah. So um, I guess, you know, Anthony reached out to me about, um, he saw me on Instagram. I was kind of dialoguing with a, uh, a, fellow there in the, in the comments section, which is always dangerous, but, um, mm. you know, the, yeah. the topic of, of Saddleback church came up, um, and he was kind of, you know, going on a little bit about how, um, Rick Warren is a, is a great preacher and, and the church is great and all that. And, um, I just, you know, decided to give a little bit, uh, of a different perspective to him, um, as a, also a, a former member of, of the church. And so that's where Anthony kind of reached out um, to, to kind of hear my side of the story on that. So that was actually, actually what caught my eye. Um, when you, uh, when you were talking to the gentleman just about your, uh, uh your experience and, and that you actually attended the church, because again, the topic was, um, what was Rick Warren. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I attended there for, um, about four and a half years from 2014 to 2018. Um, it was the first, uh, Christian church that I, that I've been to. I mean, I, I grew up Roman Catholic. I did the whole 12 years of Catholic school. Um, and once I graduated, I, you know, got married, got a job, had a baby and, and never looked back. Um, never went back to church till 2014. And then we're talking 15 years or so. It's interesting because it's kind of where I, I never went to, obviously, Saddleback. I live in Illinois, but um, I grew up as a teenager without church fell into it as a, uh, with some friends whose, uh, um, dad was the pastor. And then after high school, I didn't attend church until, uh, well into my twenties. And, uh, so I've been going for a little bit of, you know, number of years now. And, you know, funny enough that God is saying, Hey, you know, you're going to become a pastor now. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And he's like, you didn't have a choice. I'm like, okay, I guess I don't. <laughs> so I, I'm really, I'm really intrigued with the whole Saddleback thing because when I was really um, young in my walk, uh, I, I can't say that I watched Rick Warren. There's always kind of something. There's a dog. <laughs> there is a dog. There's two dogs. <laughs> nice. Um, there was always something about the way he did his like approach that I just, I I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. And so I never really watched him. Um, but I caught some of his quotes and I was kind of thinking, man, you know, he's not half bad. I never read any of his books, but it, it probably was, um, maybe four, four or five years ago that I started getting into a few people that had, 
some discrepancies and some issues with him. So I'm curious, uh, can you kind of paint some some of a picture of what your experience there looked like? Okay. So, I mean, when, when I think of Saddleback, um, I mean, I think of it being a, a huge Southern California presence, um, an international presence. They have a, you know, over 150 ministries for people to get involved in. Um, they do a lot of good work. They do a lot of work in the community and they do a lot of work globally. Um, the people are very warm. They're very caring and you're definitely made to feel welcome. You know, I guess the top, the top thing for them is philanthropy, generosity, community, church growth, um, and all that. So that's all, you know, what you're, what you're met with when you get there. Um, and you know, obviously the focus is purpose. When you think of purpose driven life, um, you know, what is God's plan for you? How can you better your life or add value or add some sort of spiritual meaning in a, in a non-threatening way. Um, so, you know, for someone like me, if, if you, if, if you felt like you lacked purpose or if you're stressed or you're frustrated or you're insecure or depressed, you know, come as you are, get involved. Um, and on the surface is, you know, it all sounds great. You know, you, you meet their needs, you earn their trust. Um, but, but they never really get into doctrine, theology, and unfortunately, the gospel. Wow. So what was what would you say? And Anthony, you can obviously jump in and, and ask questions, too. Um, but uh, curious, at, like, what would you say your uh, standard set of beliefs were while you were attending that church? Uh, you know, for me, uh, the biggest thing was was uh, purpose. And I was trying to discover my purpose. And. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't quite wrap my head around that one. Um, you know, there, you, you won't really hear Rick say anything heretical. Um, the, the man knows his Bible. Um, the problem is you just won't hear, you won't, you won't get any meat. Um, mm. you, you just kind of get, um, a lot of self enriching, you know, palatable messaging, um, that makes you you feel kind of good and, and inspired, you know, to go out and, and and live a Christian life. So it is a lot about um, go out and be active, do good in your community, um, bring a neighbor. You know, people need Jesus. Um, you know, Jesus solves. You know, he doesn't go into like Jesus solves all your problems, but you know, Jesus is the answer. Um, there's not really anything to do with uh, your salvation. Um, other than maybe pray, you know, if you're new here, pray the prayer at the end and, you know, he'll say, congrats, you're saved or you, mm. congrats, you joined the family. Um, so it's really a easy, you know, easy believism type thing, uh, moralistic teaching. Um, that's, that's kind of what I got from there. What are you thinking, Anthony? It sounds a lot like the, the churches that, uh, you know, the Joel Steen type of churches. Um, that's, that's what initially um, came to mind. And, and, and actually I spent a summer listening to Rick Warren via, I think it was one place or something where you have all that different um, sermons and stuff. And um, what I noticed about his, his preaching was exactly what David described. It was very, you know, you have a purpose. It didn't dig into any kind of, um, you know, the meat of, of scripture to me, it was very, it was very much a, a seeker, uh, friendly type of atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, all, all the sermons are topical in nature. So naturally they're going to have to focus on bettering of people's lives with a, with a backdrop of scripture verses. Um, I, I mean, I would argue realistically, maybe 10% of attendees bring a Bible, um, every weekend. And I'm, I'm one of those. I, I don't think I ever brought my Bible there until, um, it, it was time to leave. Did, uh, did Rick Warren preach at every, um, every Sunday? No, no. Well, so when, when I first started attending, he was dealing with, um, you know, the, the suicide of his son. Um, mm -hmm. so that, that's kind of where I, I came in at. Um, so there's a lot of guest speakers, but as I was there, he, he was there most of the time. But, you know, other times they'd have other senior pastors or they'd have, you know, big names. They'd have Christine Kane. She brought humor. You know, Judas Smith oh, yeah. was actually the first yeah. person I ever heard. Um, wow. he, he was hilarious. Um, and then, you know, Chad Veach, he, he brought his mustache. Mm. So, 
you know, it was that, that's you know they they bring in some good and they they brought in some good names too. They brought in some you know they brought in Ravi Zacharias one time and I was blown away. They brought in Norman Geisler um, um, at some point. I, I remember hearing a, a message on that. Um, so I mean they, they they would bring in a lot of big names. And with respect to the actual the sermons and teaching, you mentioned Bibles and people that didn't bring Bibles, did they preach from scripture? Um, so I would say they proof texted most of their, when they, when they use scripture, it was a, it was a proof text. So if, if you need a, you know, you'd get the Jeremiah 29 11s or, you know, you'd get the two or three are gathered in my name, but not, you know, reference church discipline type, type of things. Um, everything had a fit. So if, if the, if the topic was, you know, seven ways to have, to not be so tired in your life or, or something like that. You would find, you know, tra- Bible, you know he, he switches between Bible translations a lot within the service. So you'll get a lot of the message Bible too, um, to kind of make it even more plain or, or fit whatever the narrative ends up being. Um, so you'll see, you know, if, if he needs yeah. a key word, he'll go to a different translation a lot. That's, that's real interesting. I actually, had heard about um, about that with with respect to the purpose driven life, um, he used something like over it was like well over um, eight different translations uh, to put that to put that together. And to your point, the message that um, the Bible he he quoted from like it was like one hundred and sixteen times. Um, and then he you know he'd go through and it, there was the NLT, the NIV. Um, I think. Uh, if I recall, the the, the only thing it, that didn't it, it didn't include was the the Passion Version uh, translation. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's not even a translation. <laughs> and actually, that was one of my questions about you know what uh, what translation did he uh, preach from? And and you you already answered that. Well, well, as a new as a new Christian too, I, I was kind of like, what are these things? Like I, I bought a, I bought myself an NIV Bible. Um, at that time. And, and, you know, I would see everything and I was like, what is this? What is this? You know, and I never questioned what, you know, it was kind of a subtle, you know, why is he switching? But I didn't, I didn't know any better and I didn't question anything. Um, it just all made sense to me because it fit the message. Right. Right. So not to change the the flow of topic, I'm just curious, how many people would you say were there on an average Sunday? Gosh, I mean, if on a, there were multiple services, but if, if I was there in a typical service, see, they have a, a main worship center, then they have um, what they call like a tent, multiple tents. So there's people wow. that, you know, there's a couple hundred in there, but I mean, a couple thousand at least in, in their in their main worship center um, on a, in a given service. Um, it's nothing like, like Joel Osteen or anything like that. It's not that big. It's still considered a mega church, right? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think you, you would call that a mega church. Yeah, I mean, I when you, when you can't get time with your pastor, I, I think you call that a mega church. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and, and that seems to be the problem with these types of churches is you can't get time with the pastor, and, and that pastor, their responsibility is to uh, disciple those that are coming to to teach the word and. Uh, my experience is I, I was raised Roman Catholic too, David, and went to nine years of of Catholic school. Uh, so I, I get that. And then we we moved um, some churches that were very similar, not as big as Saddleback, certainly, but very, um, you know, seeker friendly type of churches where I, I just I wasn't being fed any kind of meat. And for me to get any meat of scripture, it took um, I was driving a truck at the time and there was a Christian station and I stumbled across um uh, John MacArthur. And that's, that kind of led me to where I am today. And it's the, the difference is, is crazy. I don't know if you feel the same way with respect to, you know, leaving that type of a church and Roman Catholicism to then being in kind of a, a biblically based, um, you know, learning of, of the word. Yeah. It's funny you should mention that. I mean, for me, I was quite content to be there, but honestly I was a little bored because it all started to sound the same. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know who it was, but he was either living waters, you know, Ray comfort or oh, yeah. it was John MacArthur. Um, I heard on YouTube and I heard the gospel for the first time. Um, and I was convicted right there. I was like blown away. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I, my, like the hairs on my neck were standing up and I would just kept listening to that. And I just kept at that point, 
um, I think I was at work and I was, you know, I'm allowed to listen to stuff while I'm doing my work. And, and, and I always listen to maybe three or three to five hours a day of, of sermons and, and after that. So I was like drinking from a fire hose. I was starving for doctrine and, and everything. And <laughs> I just could not get enough at that point. But I remember right. distinctly, it was either, it was one of the two, because it was probably back to back. Um, and I was just blown away at that point. You know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I think that that's like the same response I see from a lot of people is as soon as they get into like real theology, it's just, they are drinking gallons of it. They can't get enough. The floodgates. Yeah. When I, when I came to reform theology, like I, I read my whole Bible in 90 days. I read probably 10 more books on top of that around reform theology. I was consuming sermons after sermon after sermon and audio books. And I mean, I was just, just, I, I was like a fat kid at, you know, a candy camp and I was just going to town. Yeah, it, it's, I think that is a, a common explanation of, of what happens when, um, you leave this again, this kind of uh, th- these churches that, um, and I know everybody's heard the term, it's it, this gospel that's being preached. I mean, we all know what, what, what the gospel is according to the Bible, right? Everyone is born under con- condemnation by God. It's, you know, we are depraved and without Christ, um, you know, we're headed for hell and these seeker sensitive churches, their focus these are the ones that i went to but it seems to be the case coming in and learning about like carl lentz and uh, joel olsteins um it's god loves you unconditionally he wants you to be happy it's all you 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 so when your eyes are open and you hear the you know the ray comforts the john MacArthur's, the the lester bags it's you just thirst and you want to grow it's 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 night and day it really is so david what drew you out of Saddleback. What what was like that moment, or when did you decide that you needed to move on? Well, I mean, I, I as, as soon as you start getting, you know, I started reading my Bible honestly, and I started reading it. Um, you know, I, I got a, a study Bible. Um, I got the R.C. Sproul uh, Reformation Study Bible. I think it's what it's called, and and it's huge, and, and that's what I carry around. <laughs> Amen. Um, so you know, I I started reading my Bible a lot and Sunday would come around and I go to church and I started getting um, a little upset because I started seeing verses that, that didn't quite fit with the way I understood them now that I'm a, a reader of the word. Um, and I would honestly, my, my wife can testify to this. I, I was getting angry during, during service. Um, I, I would, I would leave upset because things were either out of context, there was no gospel. Um, you know, there are times where the where the name Jesus wasn't even said until closing prayer, and I distinctly remember that because it, it made me angry. And I'm I'm walking around with thousands of people afterward, and I'm just angry. Um, and for me, it, it took a couple months. I mean, honestly, it's it was hard because I had to you know convince my wife. My I have um, I have three three boys, uh, 14, 12 and, and three. And at the time, you know, they were two years younger, but, um, they were all connected in, in into the church too, going to their, their small groups and things like that. Um, but one day, I mean, I, th- with the, the last straw for me was I, I went to church and I was already in a bad mood because I was at this church and I heard they started singing reckless love Oh and it was right around the time when it came out and there was that controversy is, you know, God's love, not rec- reckless and all that. And um, I was upset. I mean, I, I wanted to walk up to the stage and, and yell. I, I honestly, something came over me where I'm like, I got to go and tell everybody God's love isn't reckless. Like I was angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same service, um, the, the, the pastor who, was a, who wasn't Rick, it was a different pastor. He went through the whole sermon um, without saying Jesus' name until closing prayer. And so I knew right there at the end of that service, I, I can't come back here. Like I, I, I'm listening on YouTube and I'm hearing just rich you know, truths, just wonderful things about who God is. And then I'm coming here and I'm learning, you know, how, how to be a good parent or, or, or how to be a good neighbor, um, which is, which is fine in itself, but it, it doesn't save. And so for me, it was, it was, I, I need to get out of here. 
So that's that was kind of the I've, I've had enough moment. Wow. That reckless love um, thing. This is in my current church. They, it's like they're riding this fence. The pastor is really. I mean, he digs into scripture, and it's great. But um, they brought in a uh, an associate pastor who's opening up a an, another church in our area, and and beginning of the service, they sing reckless love, and then he goes into um, that term and using that term to describe God in his sermon. And I'm, I mean, I was, my wife had to kind of tell me to, she's like, if you want to leave, leave, but you need to, you need to calm down. <laughs> the, the idea with respect to the seeker sensitive church and this man centric, you know, these sermons and, you know, being able to describe God, how you feel fit in, in man terms, in human terms and dumbing him down. It's, it's like, it's common. So, um, you telling that story, I was just having flashbacks because I can totally relate to that. And, it, and it's a tough thing to convey what I have found to to the people that attend that church with you, that you talk to, that you're in, in uh, Bible study with. Because they're like, oh, well, it's just a song. It's, you know, it's not a big deal or, you know, it's just a term. And, um, you know, so with that being said, how has that been with respect to uh friends you have there and interacting and when when your eyes were opened how did you reach out to them and just what what did that look like for you i mean i i tried talking to a, a few people um i you know i guess the immediate thing is well maybe i can be the change at, at the church <laughs> right. um unfortunately 40 years of 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 that 40 years of they've been around uh, you, you can't really do that um and yeah, I think most people were not, you know, confrontational. I, I certainly wasn't trying to be confrontational with people, but um, I just kind of throw hints and stuff here. Um, I mean, I had a conversation with my my neighbor, my neighbor who goes there the other day um, about this, and I, I pointed him to um, American Gospel, the, the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sent him a link, and um, you know, I, I he was like, "Yeah, you know what? He, he he's he understood what I was saying about proof texting and and where's the gospel and stuff like that." Um, so, and it's, it's actually funny. Um, Rick's, Rick's daughter and his, her, and his, his son-in-law live in my neighborhood. I mean, they're literally three, four minute walk away. Um, they're right here. Um, so, I mean, they're nice people, you know, right. They're, they're, they're nice people. They're very kind when I, when I walk my dogs or my walk my children and everything. Um, but you know, I, I I found that I, I can't really convince anybody. Um, and, and if I'm going to use worldly means to try to convince them, then I've, I've failed anyways, right? So I right. guess the best I can do is is, is preach the gospel and, and let let that seed uh, be planted. Um, and like I said, if if you, if you point them the right way and you start, you know, putting things out there, maybe they'll maybe they'll see it. Plant the seed, yeah, absolutely. So when you when you did actually leave, um, was there any? um, blowback or any sort of, um, conflict between you and your wife and your kids, or was it like an aha moment for all of you? How did that really, Um, you know, my my wife was like, you know, whatever you want to do. So she was, she was very um, supportive in that. She just said, you know, go find us a a church. Uh, You know, I trust you. So that, that, that was really helpful to have that support. Um, uh, my oldest, uh, 14, he, you know, he was kind of tied in there. So he was, you know, not happy, but he wasn't really upset about that. And then my, my middle, um, he was like, yeah, I'm not really learning anything here. So I'm like, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, so they were, they were okay. They were okay leaving. Um, they still have friends there that, that attend yeah. there. Um, so I, I didn't really get any, any blowback from the family and, and I don't think anybody in the church really, you know, outside Noticed. of people, they didn't even notice. So I don't think anybody really notices people going out the back door, right? When yeah. the, the, the front door is, is huge. Yeah. The, the unfortunate side is, um, especially in these bigger churches is the, uh, the back door tends to often be just as big as the front with, you know, 500 people walking in the front and, you know, 250 walking out the back and, it, you know, praise God that they're leaving and praise God that you left. But, um, you know, it, it it's still, 
from a pastoral standpoint and from somebody who's examined ministry and, and, you know, has made it my, my call to tackle and, and try to hopefully steer people away from these types of places. There are, there, I'd go to the level to say they're all, you know, a cancer to the Christianity. I mean, they're all just extremely damaging, but that's another topic. Um, it's uh, it's a promising sight to see that there are those chosen um, from God being called out of those churches, and it's uh, so that that's a positive side. Um, so obviously, we've kind of hashed on some of their you know basic theology that they teach. What was one or a couple things that you really had to unlearn as you started to actually dig into Scripture and start to? Um, you know, kind of come back to your a right, proper understanding of uh, Christ. Gosh, I mean, uh, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I, I didn't really, I didn't really learn anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I learned. You know, for for me, it was more of you know, Scripture is my way to. Um, if if I'm dealing with you know sadness, I'm going to go look up sadness, and I'm going to go find some verses. Um, mm. to help me deal with my sadness um, or, or any topic like that. And, and, and that can be very comforting. Um, but that, that doesn't help you learn about who God is, who Jesus really is. You don't, if, if you're not learning, you know, the deity of, of Christ, if, if you're not learning how the whole Bible fits together in unity um, and, and, you know, the severity of everything, the, the seriousness of, of my offense, um, to a holy God. I mean, you're, you're not going to hear any of that stuff. Um, you know, I, 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 I searched on YouTube in preparation for this. I tried to find on their website um, and, and, and online on YouTube of Rick Warren actually preaching a complete gospel. And I, I couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, and, but I, I, I felt kind of bad and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and listen to the last five sermons just to give a fair chance. And I didn't hear a gospel presentation again. And I, I don't think I, you know, honestly, I don't think I, I ever heard one from him. I've heard that so, from um, other people have said that about and, Rick Warren. And, and in fact, I mean, I, I feel I, I wrote it down here looking at my notes. I, I think I heard a gospel of works two weeks ago. In, in, a, in a sermon from two weeks ago, so I listened to the last five, and and I can I mean I can go through the quote if you wanted to, but I can tell you what he said, and it's it, he took scripture out of context and he, he made it about works. Um, yeah, give us the quote. I'd, li- I'd like okay. to hear it. So this is from two weeks ago, and it's it's June fifth right now. So um, I can always send you the link or something. But um, he went in and started talking about doing good, right? So we're doing good, um, and this is prior to all the rioting and thing, things that's going on. So it was more a reflection of coronavirus um, and what's going on in the world. So everything's got to be relevant, right? Um, so he's talking about doing good, and he started talking about Matthew um, 7, 21. So, you know, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, and instead of explaining the context of that verse, um, he made the verse about doing good, or you may not get to heaven. Um, oh. so, so I, can, I can quote him, um, <laughs> and I'm, I, I don't want to, you know, I, you can, you can see it for yourself, but I'll, I'll just use the quote that I wrote down. He said, the only people who will enter heaven are those who do what my father in heaven wants them to do. It's not just what you say, it's what you do. So I think that was a perfect opportunity for him to expound on this about sin, repentance, obedience, and the Christian walk. But instead, he he further elaborated on doing good works, which will not save. And of course, he didn't mention anything about, you know, beware of false teachers or enter through the narrow gate or, you know, anything that comes before Matthew 7, 21. Um, so it just seems like he, he kind of put a burden there of you got to do some good works or you don't want to hear these words. Um, and to me, that was a, a little alarming. So <laughs> um, it seems like that where it's like a little a hint of something. And if you tie it all together, maybe you're, you're, you're a little bit off. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you said um, you didn't learn a whole lot. It, and I think that's the, a common, um, a common feeling because um, 
the one of the last churches I went to, it was all very topical, 10 steps to, you know, for to, to get your needs met by X or Y. I mean, it was it's all that kind of stuff. And you walk out not knowing anything about um, about scripture and about what Jesus came to do, what we actually are. Um, so it, it, church has become this entertainment. You know, you go there purpose driven, right? And, and, um, for you to feel good. So it sounds a lot like, you know, Warren, a lot like Osteen and these other people, it's, you know, it's about self-improvement, self-enhancement, right? Self-fulfillment. Um, it's, it's all about the experience. I mean, I, I loved going there. I loved going there. Um, I seen other, other nice families getting my cup of coffee. Um, it's a beautiful campus, you know, we're in Southern California, so it's, it's sunny, um, the, the worship team is, is very talented. Um, and then, and, and Rick is, you know, Rick can definitely uh, appeal to people. Um, and then when he brings in guest speakers, um, they're, they're guest speakers for a reason. Um, they're very talented at, at preaching to people. Yeah. A lot, a lot of marketing too, with Rick Warren, um, yeah. you know, and, and with his book, it just, um, it's, it is almost like he's selling something. It's almost like it's this easy salvation and, and salvation is easy in the sense that, you know, you, you repent and what Christ has come to do, you know, who you are under the law um, and what Christ has done in freeing us. But um, I just don't recall in, in that summer listening to him being taught depravity and the, the things of, you know, Christian theology, right? Repentance, faith, sin, grace, um, judgment, uh, those types of things you don't get from the Warrens, the Olsteins, um, the verdicts. You you get the exact opposite. Everything to make you feel good, which then you become addicted to, to that feeling of what you're getting um, when you go to these types of churches. Whether it's sitting at the coffee bar outside and the band and and all these other things. I think you know what it really boils down to in all of this. You know, and, and I'm sure you can attest to it, David, is the fact that you were basically at a weekly performance and it was a um, almost like a mini concert with some positive messages mixed in. And I've seen that at quite a few of these type of seeker friendly services. And I'll tell you what, man, their formula works because these guys are wealthy. I mean, they make millions of dollars a year and they write books that people love to read and they make millions of dollars on these books. And yet, like you said, you listen to the five sermons in the last, you know, his last five and you couldn't hear anything about the gospel, no gospel proclamation. And I wouldn't be shocked if he probably has never really ever given one publicly, at least because he's probably so far gone and so wrapped up in his, um, you know, in his own personal gain that he probably just doesn't even, can't even recall it. And I think that's troubling. You, you just made me think of something, Alex. Yeah. So let me ask this question. So with respect to the seeker sensitive church, um, David, I want to get your opinion with respect to di- discipleship, you know, with your time spent there, how did the pastor do at discipling his flock? Um, I mean, it's, it's really get involved in small groups. Um, and that's where you will kind of meet, uh, some leaders, um, come to different classes. Um, but the classes we went to a couple, um, and you know, I don't even have the material anymore because I think I breezed through and I was like, this is, you know, this doesn't work, um, later on. But um, there's, they offer a lot of things where you can, you know, kind of dive in. But it's just, it's just still watered down. I mean, you're, you're, you're not going to get, you're not going to hear Rick Warren when he, if he, if he mentions hell, he's going to call hell separation from God, and that, that's about it. He's not going to, he's not going to say what the Bible says. He's not going to say lake of fire. He's not going to say, you know, weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's not going to just go into the wrath of God. He's not going to go into the seriousness of how our sin has offended God. He's not going to tell us who we're being saved from. Um, oh, wow. 
you know, he's, it's, it's just not there. I can't find it. Um, and I would urge, you know, anybody that says, you know, he does that. I would, I would say, show me because I would love to be, I would love to be corrected on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, he's been on TV a lot, right? He's been on, um, you know, famously, um, you know, he was on, I think it was Hannity and he said, you know, you have to do the almost the impossible to, to get to hell. Um, on Fox news one time, you think he said, you, you know, you got to give Jesus a 30 day, no, you know, no obligation trial. Um, he's been on oh record of, of praising, uh, Pope Francis, right. Uh, and minimizing any error in Roman Catholic doctrine. That's um, terrible. Ted talks, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot there where you're given the opportunity. Um, and that's your opportunity to go ahead and preach the gospel. Um, you know, and, and people, and I'm not just to pick on Rick here, but, you know, you see Carl Lentz on The View, um, yep. you know, you, you know, all that, like this, when, when, the, when the time to, to come forward and, and speak truth comes, they, they just kind of tuck their tail between their legs and, and make sure they get the applause from the audience. I mean, I, I, that, that was one thing that really upset me was when Carl Lentz did that. That's only, the, I was like the first time I found out who he was, and that's not a good way to, to know of somebody. I would say. You know, I've noticed too, Warren has a tendency to be kind of a Catholic apologetic type person and not by, and not an apologetic in the manner of like, um, understanding and, and clarifying or, um, bringing light to their poor doctrine, but, and maybe that's not even the right word, but he's like, uh, he, he tries to befriend and bring unity between Protestant and, and Catholicism. And uh, I've noticed that it seems to be a big trend lately in a lot of these types of churches to bring unity, you know, in a sense to create a, because Catholicism's still, you know, a, a huge religion. I mean, I, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know, Anthony, you know, off the top of your head. Oh, I mean, yeah, Roman Catholicism is, is I mean, it's it's huge. I think with Pope, uh, this particular Pope, uh, I think some some of the old school Catholics have a real problem with how liberal he is. But mm-hmm. to your point, I think Warren is definitely leading the front with respect to locking hands with all religions. Yeah. I think in, in the purpose living, uh, purpose driven book, uh, life book, he quotes Mother Teresa, and, and sorry if I offend anybody here, but I'm not sorry. Mother Teresa believed there were multiple ways to get to to heaven. Mm-hmm. She didn't believe that Jesus was the only way to the Father to heaven. And I have a hard time understanding these people that, you know, they don't put their stake in the ground of, of Christ. Um, and, and they want to walk this, they want to walk that line of being able to appeal to to the masses and and that's that's the whole thing with this the idea of one church. You know, we all worship a god, the god. You know, yes, it's a god, <laughs> right? But it's you know, and I think it's interesting that you know, David, what you said about Rick Warren, and I know I've said this probably on like almost every podcast that I've sat in with you, Alex, and, and now with this. Uh, what what did you say, David? That uh, Rick Warren said to give to give Jesus thirty days or something? Yeah, give him like a thirty or sixty day trial. Um, and you know, money back guarantee or something. I mean, I'm sure you could find the clip somewhere too, but you know, if that's kind of like the effort to try to sell Jesus, I mean, there's, there's no selling and that's the thing, the idea of selling Jesus. And I go back to, um, Jeff Durbin saying, you, you didn't hear Paul saying, give Jesus a try. You know, that when he said that, when Jeff Durbin like used that, I was just blown away. I'm like, you know, wow, that is so true scripture you never read about paul peter any of the apostles saying try on jesus see how he fits that is not how the gospel was preached i I don't know how you can reconcile you know these types of pastors how they do that and and they're given the opportunity time after time god has provided a platform for these people to to be on katie couric cnn uh larry king and you see the difference between when john MacArthur sits on larry king and say a Carl Lentz sits and, and talks with Katie Kirk, something they're wishy washy. Yeah. yeah, MacArthur's usually never invited back. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, exactly. 
So you, you got a question, if that's the message coming out of any seeker sensitive church, you know, how many are getting fed? How many are being led to the, you know, the, the truth and the truth in gospel? Because to your point, David, what you're saying about the road is narrow, how many people understand in context what Jesus was talking about that? Because not everybody that says his name is, is getting in. Right. Which, which Jesus are you talking about? I mean, when I was yeah. going there, I, I was, I was living in sin. I mean, I was, I was living in sin and, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to sin. And I, I tried not to sin here and there, but certainly if I sinned, I didn't, I didn't feel too bad about it. You know, God forgives me for that, I guess. Um, you know, it was never a, a conviction. Uh, I, I didn't hate my sin um, at the time. And, you know, well, how can, how can you hate sin if you don't know what it is? <laughs> right. They're not preaching on it. They're yeah. not preaching about you're depraved, you're a sinner. And, and it's an ongoing process. The sanctification, it's, it's progressive, right? I mean, mm. we'll talk about that one later. <laughs> and, well, what I mean, yeah. What I mean by that, you, you know what I mean? It's you, you don't just stop sinning. Yeah. It's, you know, it's this battle yeah. and it, it, it almost it's, is. It, it's a battle till we die. Yes. It, yeah, right. Exactly. And you know, you run to him. And you are being saved daily in, in, in the perfection, in the work of what Christ did on the cross and through resurrection. It's not like, oh, I said my prayer. I'm good. I'm good to go do whatever I really want. Think whatever I want. Say whatever I want. Yeah, yeah I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I just think, you know, that whole try Jesus thing for 60 days is d- disgusting and blasphemous that's, that's and something else man it's yeah mind blow, blowing but you know it's unfortunately not the worst thing that we hear today coming out of churches not even that but just self-professing christians online and things like that i mean we hear i hear so much blasphemy and and misinterpretation and then it's funny because uh, i actually to side note this um, because of this whole, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, um, somebody put a picture up and I just commented, I said, this is a poor misrepresentation of text. And they kind of barked at me and were like, well, this is, you know, not the point for that. This is just to signify unity and stuff like, I'm like, no, but you're literally taking the text out of context and to, to, to justify something. I actually unfollowed the person. I'm like, I'm not going to deal with that crap. And and it, it, it all stems from this soft religion, this soft Christianity that we can kind of say and do whatever we want and we can, we can get away with it. You know, Oh, well, you know, it, it's okay. It's my truth. Or, you know, well, if, you know, all these other Christians say and do these things, then it's gotta be okay. Cause they're all doing it. Mm. I, I would say, you know, where, where is the fear of God? Um, mm. And the only fear of God is, is, is the shoes that they're, that, you know, Furtick's wearing that, that brand. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I can't believe it when I, when I hear Stephen Furtick, um, just the, just the sound bites alone are just, you know, whether it's modalism or one day or, or you know, God broke the law and then the next day. And, you know, just, I mean, Furtick, I, I, I can see how Rick Warren, you know, it's, it's a little more refined. Um, but people like Furtick are, it's just very obvious or like a Todd White or like a Bill Johnson, you know, there's, there's just things there where they just deny the deity of Jesus Christ. And it's, it's amazing that people like don't run. Um, (laughs) yeah, I don't understand that at all. I, I really, I really don't. I mean, you can read scripture and I mean, if you read scripture and you go to those types of churches, I mean, it's, it's black and white. I mean, the, the difference in, in what they're preaching, cause they're never preaching from scripture. It's always this, you know, proof text, uh, to support, you know, their agenda or what they're, you know, uh, you know, how they read themselves into the text and arts of Jesus. It's, it's, that's what they do. And again, I just don't understand how it's, it, it's, it's missed. And and let me just ask one more question. Um, when you, when you now talk to people and you're talking sound biblical from scripture do well, do people, do they kind of look at you and cock their head like what, 
you know, what's going on or, you know, are people put off by, you know, the true message of the gospel and scripture when, when you're sharing? I, I think so for me, <laughs> it's <in here. laughs> um, I, I, I think that when I do that, I think people are a little taken aback, um, whether it's in person or, or online. And, you know, like we talked about, you know, when you do it online, you, I, I try to come through as like overly loving. Cause I'm, I want to make it clear that I'm not trying to be offensive to be offensive. Right. I'm, I'm trying to point you in the right direction. But I've also found that you can, you know, I have a friend that, that sent me, you know, Mike Todd sermons. Um, and if you listen to Mike Todd, it's, it's, it's just, it's like verdict, but like even crazier. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just feel good. And the guy's passionate and, and, and he's a great speaker and you can really relate to him and he gets you, you know, I don't know if you've heard Mike Todd, but mm-hmm. he really gets you pumped up, but it, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Hmm. Um, and, in, and you can, you know, you can pick apart the sermon piece by piece, like a, like a pirate Christian or a Chris Roseboro or something like that. And it doesn't matter um, if you point someone like that. It, it just, they just don't care for the most part from what I yeah, see. It's all about the money. I was just going to say, I had a confrontation on one of his pages. He did a video a month ago or so, and it was talking about, he actually was impersonating God. And then he was, um, would do sidebars with all of these big churches like um, uh, Evelation, uh, whatever, uh, Ferdix churches. Um, and then it was Olstein's church and Hillsong, Bethel, and um, like two or three others. So he, he would impersonate the heads of those churches. And then he, like him as God would be doing all of the, like would be talking to or, you know, asking questions about these churches and things. And I'm just like, this is, blasphemy i'm like straight up this is just straight blasphemy you don't get to impersonate god you don't get to determine what god is saying and you're impersonating false churches i'm like you were a heretic man straight up and his comment his his uh, little pack of followers didn't like that too well yeah, it's it's amazing, you know. Like you said, David, where where is the reverence? Where is the holiness? Uh, you know that God deserves. I mean, it, I mean, it's 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 nowhere to be found in in these types of of churches. Um, you know that put on the skits. There is this one church, and every you know every Christmas, I mean, they have an opportunity to share the gospel, and instead they put on a play. Every Christmas, this is this is the service, you know, when you're you're given an opportunity because, you know, all all of the quote air quote here uh, Christians that only go on Easter and uh, there's a term for them Easter and and Christers, yeah, and, and Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to really make you know to impact them with with scripture, um, but in but instead you have skits and, and and that's what's lost is there's God is now your pal. God is your buddy. God is your friend. And, um, and there's just no reverence, uh, for how holy God is. Well, I mean, we could talk false teachers literally all night. I mean, it's the topic that seems to always be giving to us. So, yeah. Yeah. And one more question, David. So, so where did you, so you left, you left Saddleback, um, and, and where did you end up, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I ended up at uh, Calvary Chapel. Um, so I'm not I'm not in a Reformed church, um, but I am at a, a Bible-believing church um, where they preach word by word, verse by verse. Um, and the gospel is proclaimed um, every time, every every service. Amen. Um, and, I, you know, I was, I, was, I was literally in tears when I was looking for a church. And I was like, I, I'm praying to God and... You know, I wanted to hear, um, I wanted to be guided to a biblical church. And, and you know, I, I, I was in the car listening to um, a radio station out here and I heard a, a, a pastor and he sounded great. Like he was preaching church history and he was reading um, through Romans and he was connecting everything. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I wish I had a preacher like this. So I looked him up and it turns out he's local. Mm. So nice. um, and that's that's Pastor John Randall. Um, and, and he's a solid uh, preacher, and you know he makes time I think I've for heard of him. people. 
um, yeah, I mean, he, he makes time for, for people to, to meet with him. Um, he's, he's very well-spoken, very caring, very loving, and he preaches the, the Bible in its proper context. Um, there's a, there's a fear of God there. There's a love of God. There's a love of the people. Um, and like I said, the gospel is preached every single time. That's awesome. That is awesome. So it looks like you're on the right track and it's all glory to God because he rescued you and your family and got you into the right church. And now you're learning and growing. And that is, that's amazing. That's exactly what Anthony and I love hearing from people. I love hearing it. I love hearing people shoot me DMS and talk to me about their, you know, mishaps and, and their church searching. And then they come to find, you know, the right plant and, uh, they get, they get into it. So, and that's um, tough to do to find, uh, it's getting tougher and tougher. Absolutely. It is. Yep. I think the Saddleback here has really swallowed up, um, a lot of the population. Um, and then I, I get Instagram ads all the time for new pop-up churches around here. And I, I quickly go and see what they, you know, if, if they have anything yet. Um, but some of them are, you know, very new churches and, and they're, you know, I look at the first thing I look at is who are they following? Right. Cause I think I can get a good idea. Mm-hmm. And you see the, you know, see that Bethel logo, and I'm like, like and hide, hide ad. <laughs> yeah. So and it's, do I do I ask them questions and see what they're going to tell me, or do I hide ad? And I typically hide ad. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So. Well, David, we uh, anything or uh, advice or any last piece of uh, knowledge or wisdom you'd like to share with everybody? Um, so, yeah, you know, when it, when it comes to Rick Warren, you know, I, I, I wouldn't consider him a prosperity, you know, health and wealth teacher. Um, you can tell um, and you can't you can't win over a congregant with that kind of um, um, logic because he doesn't dress the part. His his home is not a mansion. He doesn't drive a you know, he drives an older car. Um, I think, you know, the problem with his gospel is it's no gospel at all. Um, it's a gospel that cannot save. I, I would say if you're if your preacher, if your pastor is is not preaching the Bible in its proper context and you're not hearing the full gospel, um, then I would certainly question what's going on there and and talk to your pastor and, and engage what um, they, they have to say about that. Um, and at that point, if 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 things aren't matching up with what your Bible says and you're reading your Bible and and, and you're praying and and you're sincere, then it might be time for a, a new church. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, never should never just sit at a church just because you've been there for 20 years or 30 years. Yeah. You are not getting fed. You have yeah. to get out. Yep, absolutely. So, well, it's been an honor for you to join us and uh, help shed some light into kind of the everyday church going life of somebody who goes to these churches and uh, and then the you know the the this coming out of and into you know, right thinking and, and proper doctrine and that. So, uh, David, we thank you for your time. And, uh, we know this episode was a little bit longer, but, uh, I think it yeah. was well worth the listen. I think people really ho- can really get a lot out of this as we, you know, continue to, um, just go through all of the things that are kind of on the table that people are wanting to know about. And, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And David, thanks for, taking the time and um it was it was a blessing to have you on um talk with us because uh these are the kinds of questions um that, that we get i know i get and and i feel i'm um i'm, I'm right there uh, in a lot of ways so it, it was a blessing to me to, to hear uh, some of your testimony and and the path that uh god has put you on then yeah th- no thank you for having me it's it's been a, a, a true pleasure um to talk to, to you guys and, and meet you guys um, and, and like, like I said, you can always point, if anybody has any questions, they can always, you know, you can always point them to me, um, like if regards to Saddleback or, or anything we talked about, happy to help. Excellent. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. So guys, um, again, it's, uh, if you have any, any questions you can get to Anthony, I, and then we'll point you over to Dave and get you connected and you guys can, um, go through that. But, uh, uh, thanks for your time. And, uh, Until the end of the month, God bless. We'll see y'all later. Yep, God bless.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.